Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie. And we are out of the greater Cincinnati area, northern Kentucky, and the greater Dayton areas. Today's episode is somewhat of a ode to dirt and diesel. I say again, ode to dirt and diesel. Another title of this could be Hillside Blues, or perhaps a Hillside Celebration at some point in the near future. So what am I talking about today? Well, in the greater Cincinnati area, which we are from, and by the way, the name of my company is First Inspection Services. We are a residential and commercial one-stop shop property inspection company. That is our specialty. We do inspect swimming pools, in-ground sprinkler systems. We do wood-destroying insect inspections. We do radon testing. We do mold testing. And, of course, we also do the property inspection itself, whether it be a residential property or a commercial property. Okay, so back to what is going on and why in the world am I talking about dirt and diesel and hillside blues. Well, about 17 years ago, and I'm going to hit into the backstory here, 17 years ago in my neighborhood in Cincinnati, which is a river city, and there's a little hint, uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Memphis and other uh, cities that are, I think Louisville might be also a river city, but cities that happen to be on rivers tend to have and these are young rivers with young valleys. They tend to have banks of the river that goes up for uh, several distances away from the river itself. They tend to have landslides. When I bought this house, my wife and I did 17 years ago with our family, we did not see any issues with the hill behind our house. And at that time, I was an engineer. Still, I had not gotten into the home inspection. I was very well knowledgeable with houses and so forth, but I was not a property inspection inspector at the time. Uh, but I certainly knew, knew enough to inspect my own house when I bought it and uh, the house before that as well. Neither here nor there. Um, the hill which was populated beautifully with maples, walnuts, uh, bayberry trees, excuse me, mulberry trees, I should say, which do make some wonderful berries to eat that are edible, and they're delicate, but they are worth eating, um, and some cedars, and I mentioned elms. What else was on our hill? Oh, ash trees. How about that? Ash trees, yes. Ash trees are all dead now. Um, however, all of that was fine and dandy. And over the 17 years, I don't think anybody knows the hill behind my house and our neighboring properties, which are three properties to the right of me and one property to the left. So in a sense, five families are involved with this particular quote landslide and we are fixing it. We are stabilizing the hill. It has been a journey, and an odyssey, if you will. Uh, some of it joyous, some of it stressful. Um, 
and we are in the implementation phase now. It has been a two-day journey of the first day that we found out that there was an issue that something had shifted significantly. And, and as I'm in this backstory, I'll say in Cincinnati, if you look it up, if you decide to do any research on your own, Cincinnati may be the epicenter for the most landslides in the United States. Are you serious, Richard? What in the world? You guys are a river city. Yeah, we don't... You think of landslides, you think of mountains. Well, I'll tell you what. We have what's called fatty clay soil. And when the soil gets saturated, when the water works its way down to the bedrock or the uh, solid stuff, if you will, for lack of a... for for a non-technical term, uh, that actually can slip off of the rock and rotate almost like a parabola. If you are a math person out there, if you think of a x squared, x cubed type of a parabola, the stuff slips down and then curls back up. So that would be almost like a parabolic shape, the way that it follows in a bowl, so to speak. So imagine a a piece of land slipping from one side of a football stadium to the other and going back up the slope. That's how these landslides tend to happen. It's called a rotational landslide. I'm not a licensed structural engineer, nor do I pretend to be one, but I did. I have been known to stay at a Holiday Inn Express before, and so I'm kind of honorary in this regard. Not, uh, not learned, not book smart, not anything like that. Just have some street smarts because I've lived with a hill for 17 years and I've learned quite a bit about it. That being said, okay, back to my uh, backstory that I was getting into here. Uh, over the time that we had a significant event uh, two doors down from me on my right, looking towards the front of my house, my neighbor came out one day and said, Richard, I need you to come over here and look at something going on. And my eyes nearly popped out of my head because I couldn't believe that the entire retaining wall, my neighbor on my right and the neighbor on their right, basically shared a driveway. You've seen one of these houses that has a shared driveway, one house on the left, one on the right. And there was a cobblestone retaining wall in between them in the back with a staircase going up the hill in, in, in between them. That whole thing shifted forward and there was a grotesque crack on the tuck under garage corner that shifted in a, grotesque is probably the best word I can put it, on that house, uh, and this is the house on the right of the shared driveway, and I went to the backyard and I looked and I saw that the retaining cobblestone retaining wall had pushed into the back of the side of the garage and the yard in the back had rippled in a totally unnatural, I mean, you should not have what looks like a, a almost a surfable wave in the backyard. And I said, my goodness, I looked at the hill and I said, what in the world, the hill has moved. So what causes stuff like that? So over this past time, it has been an odyssey and we have narrowed it down to the fact that there was some water retention on the lot up above us, which uh, takes most of the span. It used to be a long driveway 
with a house that no longer is on the lot above us, and probably that house fell apart from shifting way before our houses were considered uh, to be built, maybe in the 1930s, in fact, maybe 40s, I'm not sure. Uh, my house is from 1951, I'm just letting you know. And so when I walked up and down the, up and down there, I saw how there were some tear lines, which basically are called head scarps. And the land had shifted down in slabs, big chunks of slabs, almost like pieces of a cake. Just shift, you cut the cake and it shifts off and it drops down. Um, that's probably the best way I can describe it. The ash trees with the roots that rotted out after they were dead and, and not just rotted but got eaten by termites creating tubes where water can pass through on a hill to get underneath the soil and then when water got in between the soil and the rock the land can actually slip off of the rock there's not enough friction holding it on the rock at that point and it can slide and then trees at that point don't just they don't really hold the soil on the rock. They just hold the soil together. But that doesn't matter if the soil slips off the rock itself with the trees going with it. Let me give you a perspective. So we have these retaining walls on each of the backyards. Mine's a poured, poured concrete retaining wall. My neighbor on my right has a cobblestone one. And the neighbor on the right also has a cobblestone one. And the neighbor on the right of that, which is the shared driveway, that house has since been raised, R-A-Z, as in zebra, E-D, Zulu, E-D. Raised means to be torn down. The city tore it down because it was unsafe, because it was unrepairable. Quite honestly, unrepairable really means that the it got crushed like a sardine can by the hill sliding off of the rock, and then in a, in a letter U kind of a, 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 a framework, slid back up and crushed the back foundation wall, pushed it in, and literally wrecked the house. Uh, it probably was not a one-time event, but a slip, slip, slip over days, days, and hours <clears throat> until the house was just so unstable it had to be torn down. I did get a tour of the house. Um probably wasn't the best decision in my life to go into the house but I felt safe enough because I understood houses that I went in it and I wasn't really supposed to but I did and 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 it really it was just remarkable the cracks that you see inside a house um, and the floors and the unlevelness and that sort of thing just ridiculous so that house is gone and what happened was the land slipped under off the rock underneath and then back up and slammed into the back of the house. Slammed in is probably not the right word, just kind of pushed, sort of like a bulldozer pushing on the back of that house over and over until it just can't take it anymore, and it just gives. It just fails miserably. Doors can't shut, floors are unlevel, and so forth. So that house is gone. Well, so uh, moving forward a little bit, we start negotiating with having engineers come over for pay to give us an idea of what's going on, what it's going to take to fix it. We got a couple quotes. So we five families ended up banding together and we determined that it affects all of us and we need to fix this hill, stabilize it. So we 
examined some possibilities of putting in some some piers which cost somewhere between fifteen hundred and two thousand dollars a piece and we have a a length a width of approximately 400 feet that we're dealing with so you can imagine the extraordinary expense and and you're maybe scratching your head well didn't insurance cover this no yep that's called the uncomfortable pregnant pause no it did not and landslide insurance is one of the most difficult policies to get especially when you live in a river city which has what you call hillside districts um, there's lots of hills in Cincinnati. It's called the hills, the c- city of seven hills. Not sure if I can even name all seven of them. Some of them are named hills, and they're not really even hills. And you have some little townships named Mount something or other, like Mount Washington. Well, I don't know that there's really a Mount Washington anywhere other than maybe up in New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> that's nowhere near here. So <laughs> neither here nor there. Um What's going on now is that we got several quotes, several ideas, interviewed different engineers, interviewed different implementers, had to get plans drawn up. Then we had to go find somebody to implement it. All of this cost, but gained us experience over time. So if you have a house on a hill and you have some issues, you may think that you're in a hurry, but you're really not. I don't know how to how to put that it's like we needed to hurry because we're concerned every time it rained but in reality the hill slid once or twice and then kind of restabilized itself in a position and then we finally came across the right engineer and the right implementer and i don't know if maybe there's some background noise in this on this podcast i almost hope there was there would be because we have on our five properties right now one huge excavator. We have one bulldozer. We have one Kubota front-end loader that really is delivering gravel in the various trenches that they're digging and, and, and putting pipes for drainage and that sort of thing in. We have a smaller excavator slash backhoe, and we have one other backhoe, uh, another excavator. So we've got, a, we've got the, the small, medium, large um, baby bear, mama bear, papa bear approach to to fixing our hill. Um, Most of the trees have been cut down now. Uh, You'd think, oh my gosh, that's going to cause erosion. Well, they actually add what's called surplus weight to the hill. When you have a landslide, when you have our fatty clay soil and you have a lack of friction on the bedrock, Um, you really don't want that added weight. So we're going to have some ground cover when this is all done, and I'm hoping actually personally to plant some pecan trees. I'm just kind of putting a plug in for that. I'd really like to have some pecans grown on my hill uh, before I die that I get to eat myself. Um, Anyway, I digress. And uh, so we finally got this plan. Instead of doing a a, uh, retaining wall approach, we are exacting taking the water out of the hill to dry it out at all times so we're having an approach of x every x number of feet to have a deep drain that water will leach into and then drain into the storm drain under the street which of course took some permits that we had to get approved by city of cincinnati and the engineering drawing by the engineers from the city of cincinnati 
And then also we have a solution to take the surface water runoff. So when it runs down, it will also be channeled into some very beefy, that's not a technical term, but for this all intents and purposes it works, beefy French drains with gravel and so forth. And they will take the water and channel it also into the system to take the water away from our hill. So water that is inside the hill, uh, and I liken that to when you go to the beach and you're maybe 40 feet away from the beach and you're digging this massive hole for your children. You're building this castle and you dig down X number of feet and then you start having a little bit of waters appear. Well, that's what happens with our hill. You dig down, you know, 10 feet or so and you actually have a little bit of water appear. Well, that water is going to have a outlet. And for the span of 400 feet or so, we're going to have uh, approximately uh, 14 drains. So uh, for the span that we are operating under, and we're not using one full yard next to me. It's actually a partial of that yard where the hill really starts to become a problem. So in a sense, it's like every 30 feet. So if there's any engineers listening to this, they're probably saying, oh, well, I would have done it this way, this way, whatever. Well, again, you have to see the hill. You have to see the unique circumstance. Um, but all I can say is the dust and diesel on the back of my house with all the noise going on and all of the mess and my driveway is now destroyed because the drain pipe had to go under my driveway. I don't care. I love the fact that I have the best excavator operator with a honorary PhD in structural engineer, structural engineering. And then they went under the sidewalk and into the city of Cincinnati catch basin storm drain. The, the amount of gravel that has been delivered on the vacant lot where the house used to be, and that's the on-ramp onto the hill. And I'm including some pictures on this too. So if you click on this, if you go to uh, Facebook or Twitter or our Google business page, you'll be able to see. I'm going to put four photos up there to take a look at. Um, I'll put it on LinkedIn as well. And I think I'm leaving off one other site that I'll put it on as well. But at any rate, neither here nor there. I am just kind of blown away by this group and how one of the guys said, we just hate seeing people risking their houses. We had one woman, she ended up having to remortgage her house, and she was like 70, 80 years old, and she almost lost her house. It was just painful, but they saved her house. Man, this is five families. One family lost their house, and we are saving four houses. And it's a beautiful solution. And you just have to understand a hill, whether it is going down behind your house or going up behind your house. Um, you can't stop Mother Nature, but you can divert it. You know, they're dealing with that Three Gorges Dam in China, and... There's probably a lot of politics and corruption involved in that as well, but neither here nor there. You, you can't stop Mother Nature. You can only divert it, try to control it, um, relieve pressure and so forth. But it's going to do what it's going to do. And 17 years ago, our hill was beautiful. It was plush. It was uh, filled with ash trees, elm trees, and then uh, pooling water up top somehow caused it to leach into the hill and you had ash trees die and the water got into there and the pooling water had to be fixed up top so they regraded the hill up top 
that maybe fix some of it, but this is more of a permanent solution because you're you're basically giving a path of least resistance for water to travel. That's what you need, paths of least resistance. So when you are looking at a house, and I've said this before, make sure that you take into account your gutters. Okay, the gutters take water off your roof and channel it down to the ground. Make sure it goes from that point away from your house. Not one foot, not two foot, not three foot, but maybe seven to ten feet away from your house. Make sure water is not going to run towards your house on the grading. If you need to add topsoil or a French drain system on a smaller scale than what I have at my house, then that's something you need to do. But you need to take these things into consideration, please. They are extremely important. Then, when you have uh, done all of that, uh, make sure that you maintain that. Your gutters stay free-flowing. They are not clogged up. And if you do that, especially if you have a crawl space under your house as well, or a slab, then you're going to pretty much have a good, healthy basement for the future. Take into account the hill, hilliness or flatness of your property. Um, hills behind your house can be a problem, as I can attest. Hills in front of your house can be a problem. Uh, a flat lot isn't necessarily the great thing, but you want a slight decline away from your house. You want to sit up a little higher than everything, but not too high. And uh, that's all well and good. And I will tell you right now, I hear the noise of that front-end loader dropping gravel into these trenches that they're building and it's music to my ears because this two-year odyssey um, has, has been just that. And uh, we've bonded closer together with these five families. And we are going to have one awesome blowout barbecue when this whole thing is done. Of course, if we have any money left, that would be nice too. But I'm thinking about some pulled chicken. I'm thinking about a fantastic brisket. I'm thinking about some cornbread and some greens and some baked beans and oh man i'm just drooling thinking about that when it's all said and done and my pecan trees and somebody invented some encore azaleas so all the bushes that had to be taken out on the side of my house i'm replacing with some purple and red and pink and white two-tone encore azaleas that bloom twice a year i don't care if they're 40 bucks each I'm going to be get a bunch of them and make a beautiful garden that just shows off everything. So this has been the Successful Homeownership Show with your host, Richard McKenzie. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's from the heart. Uh, I really enjoy talking about this because it is a, uh, a project that has a finish line and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I can't wait for it to be done and celebrate with my neighbors. So thank you for listening.